Hi there, and welcome to the Engage MarTech podcast. Research shows the marketing function is playing an increasingly important role within the organization, as advances in marketing technology enable greater customer understanding and insight, allowing organizations to increasingly personalize and tailor their offering to ever more demanding and proactive customers. For over a decade, we've helped some of the world's biggest brands engage, understand, and consistently deliver on the expectations of their customers through our industry-leading conferences and online digital media. Find out more, visit engagemartech.com. In this episode, our podcast host and the managing director of the DMA, Rachel Aldagiri, is joined by Claire Hong, VP Social Media at ITV Studio. Claire has over 15 years of experience in digital and social media, specialising in e-commerce content production and strategy. Hi everyone, I'm joined today um, by Claire Hong, who is Vice President of Social Media at ITV Studio. Um, My name is Rachel DeGuerry, I'm Managing Director of the DMA, and Claire and I are going to be having a little chat, um, half an hour or so, around social media predominantly, um, obviously as her job title would imply. (laughs) Claire's Claire's a bit of an expert in this area um, and is going to be giving us some um, kind of an overview of the state of the industry actually at the moment because there's obviously been a lot of change. Um, And then we'll go on to perhaps talk a bit more about best practice and and some how-tos, more practical case studies, um, as well as perhaps um, some of the opportunities for talent in the industry as well. So welcome, Claire. Great to chat to you. We're both just talking about the fact we're not morning people. We're recording this <laughs> in the morning. But um, we're going to do our best, aren't we, to, to, to be afternoon people. <laughs> yeah, I've got a total mug of uh, coffee next to me as well. So, you know, if you hear me taking a swig of anything halfway through, that's what it'll be. So keep You're me awake. Oh, well, thanks so much for joining us. I wondered if you could start at the moment. We, we, you know, we've been just been talking and saying we've been around for like a good old 10 years. It's a decade of social media. There have been some main players. There's been some players that have come and gone. And there's some recently arrived players as well. So it'd be good to get your perspective on where we're at, um, where marketeers have the opportunities and, and, and how you see it playing out. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, social media is one of those things where it's really funny. I'll still meet some people and they'll still think of it as something new or for young people. And I'll be like, no, 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 no. You know, it's it's been around now. Well, I, you know, I think I, the first thing I did was a, a, a business MySpace account <laughs> back in 2005. So it's been around like nearly 20 years if, you know, you're kind of counting that and kind of YouTube. So um, it's it's at a stage now where if you look at the kind of technology curve, so, you know, there's people kind of talk about this technology bell where you start with the kind of smaller, like innovators and then the early adopters, and then you get to the mainstream. And then the last people who kind of, um, kind of take penny technology is called the laggers. So they're normally like when everyone's moved on to TV, they're still on newspapers or, you know, when everyone's on to digital, they're still on analog. Social media is now at the stage where 70 years are quite happy WhatsApping. You know, my mum will WhatsApp me constantly. Um, and, you know, it's I think it's one of those things as well, because people forget in East Asia, it's developed a lot faster. So they're quite they're quite a bit ahead of us in terms of what they're doing. So um, a lot of like so I come from a, a Chinese Chinese background. So they it's been kind of mainstream for them for a long time. So sorry, going off a bit of tangent there, but um, because it's now mainstream, it's now one of those platforms that everyone should just consider being 
if they're in a business or if they're in marketing and the variety of the different platforms that you can go on depending on your audience is as wide as you want to so if you want to reach young people yes there's a TikTok if you want to reach slightly older audiences there's still Facebook if you want to reach a range of people there's YouTube so you know the platforms that you can go on to kind of like reach a variety of different audiences and really importantly niche audiences is um really wide and interesting now so um you know there's kind of been main players in the game for a long time there's been obviously meta who are massively dominant in the fact that they've got you know facebook um instagram instagram reels which is obviously um kind of risen as a kind of result of tiktok and now launching threads in the last couple of weeks as well so they are you know um I guess masters of the game, right? They they're very sophisticated, not just in their functionality of platform, but also what they can offer you as a marketer, because they are very precise, especially in their kind of paid activity. So um, you know, there's there, there's Twitter, which has gone in its ups and downs, especially uh with its new ownership. Um, TikTok obviously is the big kind of challenges. And then, you know, you kind of talked about the people who've fallen away, but also the people, the groups that are people sometimes don't think of firsthand but actually can be really useful for niche audiences so groups like Pinterest or Twitch you know who are catering to a certain audiences and still a really good place to get awareness so it's a really rich diverse place to be in um and it's a really and understanding how each platform works is something that you have to keep on top of constantly if you read a book about social media or you read an article or something about six months ago it will have changed I guarantee you and the only way to do it is to just keep doing it so um yeah that's that's kind of an overview I'd say of where we're at at the moment yeah and that's interesting in terms of um you know we said we we're going to come on to talk about skills but it feels like an an opportune moment now because you're, you know, it's a media that's changing all the time. H how do you maintain kind of skills mm. development around that? You know, if you're you're running a, a social team to ensure that everyone knows and is up to date with the latest, what not just updates and opportunities, but also I think, you know, just the way the customer is expecting things to be served up to them as well is always changing. So, so how, how do you keep abreast of all of that? Yeah, I mean, I would say absolutely, regardless of who you are um, and what your position is in a company, is use social media. I think that's one of the first, like, things that sometimes people don't do, you know, so I hear a lot of people go, oh, we don't use social media, but it's part of the marketing plan. And it's like, but if you don't use it, how can you understand what's impactful? You know, you as yourself are... Um, you as yourself are a user of lots of things. So, you know, if you watch TV, you understand how that works. If you use a streaming service, you know how that works. If you decide to go on a website, you know how that works. So if you want to be impactful on social media, as much as like you kind of go, oh, it's for young people, it's not for me, you've still got to go on it just to see how it works. So I, you know, like, I mean, I kind of live on social media anyway, but I also try and make sure that I kind of make stuff for social media even if it's just myself so I will make TikTok videos that maybe no one will ever watch <laughs> you know but at least I'm like testing out the bits of functionality and I'm going oh what's this filter um I'll kind of like 
go on um, different sources. There's lots of like different groups that kind of talk about social media. There's a social the, the group who kind of do the social day conference that's run by Lucy Hall. You know, she's really good. And um, just updating people, I think she runs Digital Women as well. There's a, a group in Manchester as well that kind of do social meetups. There's a guy called Andy Lambert who used to run a, a platform called Content Cal. <coughs> And now works, sorry, and now works for Adobe and he does like um fortnightly updates. So there's like the different people who are kind of like leading in this area, um, who you can absolutely follow and kind of go, oh, what are the new trends? But I honestly think the best way of um doing it is just to do it. I think it's one of the rare things. So, you know, I always say this to people who are new into the industry. I I studied TV, you know, so 20 years ago. I was like you know looking around studio cameras and editing on reel to reel and if I wanted to get into the industry there were like five players or gatekeepers that decided whether or not you could you could be someone who worked in the creative industries um and you know I remember sending dvds out to people after finishing my degree going please watch it knowing no one was ever going to watch a dvd you know and, and where else would you show short, short films we don't have a culture in the UK of like watching short films there was no YouTube at this time so like if you really wanted to get into it it was hard it was like you either did work experience or you had a friend or you know someone who knew at the BBC the great thing now is if you're doing social media you don't have to wait for someone else to give you permission to do it you can just mm -hmm. go ahead and do it and you can be brilliant at um being a creator you know finding out what things work I've seen like you know, I was interviewing a load of apprentices the other day, some 17-year-olds running channels for their pets, building up hundreds of thousands of followers. That barrier to entry isn't there anymore. And I just think that's one of the things is it's about, especially people my age, I'm in my 40s, just going, actually, keep on top of it. Go and um, play with it, go and watch it, go and do it yourselves. You might not do it as well, but if you don't keep on top of it, you can't really guide other people in how to make it work. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's so important. Um, it's, it's interesting, you know, in terms of that, having a go yourself and within the context of a brand and you're, I don't know, say a marketeer and a brand, mm -hmm. and you've obviously, from a, a B2B perspective, you have a profile. How do you, as a brand manage your brand reputation because obviously social presents a fair few risks as well if it goes wrong how, how do you manage that so having that open kind of have a go attitude within I guess yeah. a corporate environment well I, I guess the, th the really good thing about social now is there's lots of tools on there that can help you protect yourself and it's up to you really how much of a risk you know, you as a company, how much of a risk you want to take. You know, you might go, they're the things that we would never do. But what we are is here. You know, we like to talk about fun things here. And the hard bit really is that everyone tries to stay in that safe zone mm. because they've had years and years of marketing where it's like, it might just be a 30 second ad, but like you say, they're worried about that 30 second ad has gone through about 17 people to be approved to make sure it's right and social you have to be a lot faster than that so I think it's more about you just having a bit more flexibility and you know trusting 
the people who work on social to be able to respond in your voice. I always find it really useful to do like a workshop just around where are your red lines? What are your heaven and hells? What are the topics that you talk about? What is your tone of voice? And then, you know, I always just say is, if you're not sure, escalate. You know, you always know, like, as a person, when something is going to be a bit risky, like, especially if you've worked at a place for a while and you, you kind of know the the culture of the brand. So if you kind of go, oh, I might do this, but I'm not sure, just get a second pair of eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Get someone who would be, like, maybe from PR, someone who's maybe, like, a, a senior person in marketing just to go, oh, can you, can you just not? And, you know, if you're really unsure, just don't do it. It's not the end of the world if you don't join in on a hashtag you know or a trend it really isn't but you know it takes it takes a lot now to stand out so you kind of have to be a bit less safe than you would be for kind of um above the line marketing i'd say yeah exactly and then in terms of kind of the the safety aspect obviously it's quite interesting that threads has has been positioned as the kind of friendly platform um it's going to be full of kindness um and you know obviously i guess um in well juxtaposed with Mm. with twitter which we're seeing a lot of advertisers currently avoid through you know fear of having one of their ads placed against kind of um Mm. slightly um, less favorable content should we say without naming any names so how how do you you know obviously you've talked about you know the stuff that's in your control in terms of tone of voice and positioning and the risks that you could take but there's there's an element of social that you know depending on the platform you're choosing starts to be a little out of your control doesn't it yeah I mean there, there is and I guess the thing about Twitter um I think one of the things that really kind of made it a lot feel a lot less safe was when they took away the kind of verified accounts as Mm -hmm. people who had had kind of been checked on and you know were trustworthy sources and just kind of opened it out as a kind of subscription service because that's what kind of made it go from oh actually this person's got a blue tick which means that I might not agree with them but what they say they're deemed as an authority on or they, you know, they use they're, they're a genuine person. They use this platform enough. Whereas now you're getting blue ticks on Twitter that you know aren't authoritative. That you know might be a real person, but you can't necessarily judge what they say as truth. And I think that confusion of things is what's made it quite difficult. Um, which you know makes it quite hard because you don't know who is telling truth. You know that's always been the case with social media, but when you have that extra layer of I'm really, really unsure, that makes it really hard. Um, and then the other side is obviously the kind of moderation of what you say you can control. So what has been good in the last few years is the way that they've now put bits of functionality and that kind of mean that you can still put some level of control around your own accounts at least. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you know that you're going to say something that is going to increase a high level of toxicity, you can take away the ability for everyone to comment, even on Twitter, you know, so you can say actually only the people I follow can comment or the people I've mentioned, there actually no one can comment on this at all. And we found this actually a lot of the places I've worked in, I wish we'd had this beforehand because especially when you're a big brand and you've got a big following, what sometimes you can become is a platform for people who have no following 
to air their views so you know especially in your kind of comment section if you are like if you've got millions of followers and you put a comment out and someone who's got three followers who would normally be talking into the void and saying nothing if they put something on your account as a comment will probably get seen by potentially tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> so you know that's one of the things that we do do and we take very seriously even ITV is that we make sure that our moderation is as safe as we can make it it's not perfect nothing is perfect but at least if we can kind of look at can we and this is available for everyone as well so it, you don't need a separate moderation service to do this but all the platforms now let you put for example keywords that you can block into their platforms you know twitter lets you do that tiktok lets you do that meta instagram that you put like threads lets you do that so from threads you can actually bring in uh the keywords that you and the safeties that you have around um instagram they are platforms that now let you limit who can actually see your content you know there's always been the ability to block so you know if you're seeing a particularly toxic person who's kind of constantly using your platform so there are there are things that you can and there are tools that you can use to try and put as much as you can but obviously what you can't stop is someone saying their own thing on their own platform mm -hmm. and then i guess from that side it's just for us it's always just uh well how big is it getting if it's someone who's talking to free people actually do we does it make that much of an impact but if it's someone who says something and then it gets picked up by others and picked up by others and picked up by others then yeah same as anything then you you feel you have to kind of respond so it's uh i think it's it's just one of those things that you can make your bits as safe as you can you can try and control what you control but you know i think this is the thing i i honestly do think we should regulate social media i've been saying it for years especially from the kind of consumer side. I see a lot of things that are quite, especially on Twitter now, quite unsafe. So they, I actually saw a promoted tweet the other day using um, a picture of Ed Sheeran, obviously without his permission. Um, and it was saying like, oh, you won't believe what Ed said. And you clicked on it and it took you to a fake Guardian article. It's not even a real Guardian article. And then from there, it kind of like basically hustled you to get money out of you. And that was a promoted tweet. So that was yeah. something that should have been checked by the company before it went up. It should have been, you know, if that was TV, there's no way Ofcom would have let anyone put anything up like that you know it would have been checked with t's and c's it would have checked to be verified it was safe any facts or anything you said you would never be allowed to use an image of someone without their permission so we have all these really like kind of strict controls in place for other media but not for social and that is something that is terrifying you know really yeah most definitely and i think the advent and acceleration i guess more of ai and generative AI in particular um, yeah, it's going to make this even harder in terms of differentiating between real, authentic content, and that's been content that's been fabricated. Um, you know, obviously they're they're I think working as quickly as possible to create AI to detect our AI, aren't they? To so be able to screen um, screen the stuff and and kind of highlight when when something you know I, I think one recently it was Martin Lewis, wasn't it, on the Money Saving Expert, and he's been there's a, a whole array of different Martin Lewis's now um, advocating for products and things that are all um, scams, which, you know, is is really 
it, you know that brought it to light actually to me mm. in terms of how realistic and how easy it is to you know suddenly oh yeah I trust that guy to give me financial advice and then yeah it's taking you through your scam so so that's quite interesting um I think for marketers in terms of obviously AI presents a whole host of opportunities on social mm. in terms of um you know the automation you know we're talking about that brand tone of voice making sure that you're kind of always on track on that point of, from that point of view but then a whole load of threats that I think you know trust is so important to marketing and it's it potentially could kind of build it or lose it I think social I think it always feels mm-hmm. to me like it's a channel that that you it's a bit of a make or break in many ways isn't it if you get it wrong um you, you can lose trust quite quickly um but get it right and we've seen you know perhaps talk to me about some of the great examples that you've seen where, where it really does play out so so I guess just going back we can't have a much without talking too much about AI but you know it where, where do you see the opportunities and threats um with AI for social yeah I, I mean I, I think it's like any tool or it's like any big step in technology there's always you know fears around it but there's always advantages as well I think absolutely you've identified some of the fears already in the fact that when it's a bit wild west, there is no current, there is no regulation, um, even at the moment from an advertising um, point of view. There's, you know, there's guide, some guidelines around things like influencers from ASA, but there's no, I don't think anyone understands really how do you copyright your image, you know, of you. Yeah. As your person. Yeah, actually, just, just you talk about regulation. Do you think it's it's it can be regulated because it's quite interesting that that doesn't or do you think the onus sits on the platforms to ensure that they are this maybe maybe it's a bit of both mm. actually um but you know obviously got the online harms bill kind of going yes. very slowly backwards and forwards um and rumbling along and and hopefully that will make an impact um but yeah where where does regulation start and actually the responsibility of the platform to be responsible um you know how should they sit together so it's one of those weird things that because so say for example hate crime you know if you if you kind of like were in the uk and and you use the racist slur that could be reported to the police at the moment and the police would be able to do something about it. They would have the powers to do something about it. If you, if someone does a hate crime on social because of the fact that they're anonymous or you can't find them or whatever, they can kind of get away with it. And also, actually, the police have no powers. They literally will turn around to you and say, can you just report to the platform, please? Because that's all we can do. So because of the fact that they don't have any powers to do, not you know, they can't find people, they can't, it's up to the platform to decide whether or not that is a racist term. And the thing is that there are laws in place. So, you know, the, I think the most biggest complication with social is the fact that they're global platforms. Mm-hmm. So they're working across a number of different territories, all which have their own different legislation legislative um abilities. The thing is they will work to you know so obviously with gdpr they all absolutely will adapt to that to make sure they're not you know fine so they it can be done it just takes a lot of time and resource and effort on the platform's point side of view um and i and i think it it we also need to give the legislative powers the ability to kind of you know take control over these pla- not control but 
have their authority that works on these platforms because at the moment like so an example i had from a few probably a few years ago now is you know i i saw an ad on facebook and i kind of clicked on it and i i it went through to a website and the website was like doing some really like bad stuff that you wouldn't be allowed to do on a uk website like it was saying oh there's only three left you know you've got 10 minutes to buy this now it was like real kind of like hustle and i kind of reported it to the asa and i said look this is really out of order because i know there's more than i'm pretty sure because i've been on this twice in half an hour and it's told me there's three left and there's mm -hmm. only 10 minutes to buy these three so it obviously can't be true and they just turned around and went oh we've looked into it the website's based in france so we have no jurisdiction over it um and we don't we don't monitor social media so we can't we can't do anything about the ad and that to me is insane it's like how can you tell people who are watching a tv ad that these you know the, the product they are buying on a tv ad is completely safe and or on a radio ad or a newspaper ad and make those media agencies and those media and broadcast platform owners fulfill their regulations and not have any kind of overview yeah yeah no but, completely so but, yeah it's a bit much and if we do have ai then that's one of the benefits is you know the things that they go you can't do it manually it's too hard there's too many things well actually what we have now is ai <laughs> and it's fast yeah, enough to really track yeah so the opportunity you know. that it presents to marketers it presents the same in terms of you know for both regulators um yeah. and platforms to be able to make it a safer place i guess and that yeah um weed out the the bad players yeah. Um, we haven't got long and I feel like we've not covered half the things we were going to cover. We've only got a few minutes. Maybe um, to, to kind of moving to something a little bit different, if you maybe talk to um, a brand or, or someone on social you feel has done a really good job of late that you think um, just to highlight is kind of some best practice and um, opportunities for marketers. Yeah, I mean there are always some amazing key players out there you know i will i will and i have been a massive fan of theirs for ages and i still am i think innocence movies are brilliant and always have been brilliant they've kept their tone of voice they're really playful um i actually um spoke to someone i actually got someone who used to work in there to come in and do a workshop with us because i, I thought what they did was so clever and their entire ethos was around the fact that they know that there's lots of different people who could buy those products and there's lots of different people who um you know it's not it's not hard to have a choice of smoothies available to you and even the price point is something that they're quite high um in terms of what you could get from like a tesco zone or something like that but what they say is their job on social is to paint people love the brand so they don't just talk about the products they basically create a culture of love and a culture of community and a culture of oh I really relate and identify to you know identify with this so that when they walk into a shop even if it's 20p more expensive and even if they don't necessarily like the taste they will go that's the one I'll go for because I feel like I'm part of a community or I really get this brand and I think that's what all brands like really need to think about is not just think of social as a kind of place to pump a load of ads because it's not. Mm -hmm. It's a place to like really build relatability with the people that you want so that when they see you, they get like a really positive feeling about you and they're willing to overcome even a financial barrier to go or, a, you know, a time barrier to go. You, you are the one they want. It's hard. 
it's not easy. Um, it's not every brand that is so well adjusted or really stands out in the way that Instant Smoothie's done. But they've been really great. So you know, and I've and I've said that for they've been doing it for years consistently, been really fun and never you know very rarely risky, very very rarely like mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to get massive red lines with smoothies. So I, I think you know I, I think that's the thing as well is it obviously is what your product is finance. You have got you, you do have a lot more regulation and how much you know what can you say. Um, but it's just about finding a niche that people can tap into. Um, yeah, that... exactly. It's interesting that actually when you quote someone like Innocent Smoothies, that it isn't just social where they've got that consistency. They have always from day one, I think, prioritised, you know, creativity, whether it's through the copy, through the... Um, their design um that and that consistency is 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 so important and i guess does make social a lot easier to implement if you you maintain that across your whole piece yeah absolutely and i but i you know i I do think as well social where they they were quite brave as well as they kind of trusted their social team to run social so it wasn't like oh actually it's pr running social or it's the above the line marketing person checking every post that goes out it was like you guys are the social team you know what works well on social you've got our tone of voice and it's a big beast to feed it's constant it's you know several times a day sometimes on several different platforms and you've got to find new things to say so you practically become like an editorial platform in yourself really so it's not enough to go oh what's our six-week campaign or what's our glut glorious you know out of home display this year. it's not it's like constantly 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 so you do have to be able to trust them to yeah exactly. yeah always on no that's that's interesting um we're gonna have to wrap up but just one last question um that perhaps if just if you can answer it briefly um threads we mentioned marketers are probably sitting there at the moment thinking what do i do with it what would your top tip be um, you know, it's another another platform. They jump on it, jump on the bandwagon, and learn as they go. They need a strategy. What, what should they do? No, I I think you know what do it. It's like because I think they're still developing what Freds is as well. Mm-hmm. So what you've got at the moment is a new platform with a lot of people on it because they're bringing over Instagram followers. But what it doesn't have is so many people that you can't make a bit of an impact there. So if you try as a new person to, I don't know, set up a new Instagram account now from scratch, there's so many voices speaking on there. It's really hard to get cut through. But if you're on Freds because it's relatively new, there's a a chance for you to kind of adapt with it now so and it is as you say they're wholesome and quite pure um I'm sure it will change um but at the moment like if you can get on it and just play with it it's just a really great platform to play with and you know I I read something about on Amazon um and the way something Amazon did where they say it's about you know is it a one door or a two door theory so if it's two doors it's something that you can do and then if it's wrong you just back out of it and one door is just you go in and if you do it you you can't leave you're screwed you have to you know carry on i think with threads if if you do it and you find it's not for you admittedly there is a potential danger that you have to shut down your instagram account mm. to shut down your threads account so that is the like one door thing so that is something for brands to think about if they really didn't want to be on it and they they would have to shut down their instagram account to take their threads account off so that's you one little thing but i still think it's worth doing because it's just 
a new place to try a different type of social media and there's a, a audience hungry for a kind of like text-based social media platform that is a bit safer uh, than probably the one the mainstream one that exists at the moment yeah great oh well thanks so much Claire it's been lovely chatting to you enjoy the rest of your day thank, thank you, you.